Ladon Hickman has fabulous examples of how to communicate with kids in ways that work with all kids. She's raising a child with autism spectrum disorder, and she talks about her experience helping her nine-year-old develop language in the presence of ASD and other associated disorders and struggles. She tells the exact verbiage she uses to communicate and how she manages behavior with her son. She gives a great example of how her self-awareness has grown due to her practices and how she approaches others and manages her own internal dialogue during those challenges. Ladon is an amazing example, even while she explains that it is a long process and takes persistence. So whatever it is that you're dealing with with your child, you will get many ideas as you listen to Ladon today. Tired of repeating yourself with your children or wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated because you wish your kids could communicate their wants and needs more clearly instead of whining or yelling? Are you plagued by the feeling you cannot meet all the needs in your family? Hey parents, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. It is possible to build strong family relationships and have boundaries that benefit kids. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush mom, grandma, and speech-language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you will find solutions to get kids to listen better and build strong family connection, feel confident in managing difficult behaviors, and to help your children build more language of their own. So if you are ready to communicate in ways that build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so you can become the parent you want to be. Hello, parents. Before we begin, I wanted to remind you that we have 50 episodes now. Hoot, hoot, hoot. This is so exciting. So we have this special going on June 1st to June 10th. To honor 50 episodes, we are offering just $50 for an hour-long coaching session, one-on-one power coaching on the topic of your choice. Whether you want to use this to test the waters of personal parent coaching, or if you want to just deal with one topic, this is the time to act. It will be available until midnight on June 10th. So act now if this is something that is interesting to you. For those of you that are interested in full coaching, you may also take advantage of this one-hour special too. It is not reserved only for new clients. It is for you as well. So that is our big news here at The Language of Play. So before we begin with our beautiful interview with LaDon Hickman, I want to read a review from Mama in Training. She says, very doable approach. I can't wait to learn more. Well, Mama in Training, listen to LaDon today. She's got lots to say, and it is very, very good. Let's get started. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Language of Play. Today, I have LaDon Hickman with me. She is an everyday parent that has a child, a nine-year-old son with autism spectrum disorder. So she has had years of experience dealing with teaching communication, teaching language, building connection in 
the way that it is difficult, which is when you're dealing with disability and disorder. And she has done a really good job. I wanted to bring her on so she could encourage any of you that are also dealing with the same. LaDawn is the owner and host of the podcast, Healthy Habits 180, where well, you teach healthy habits and, and mindset and fitness and all of that, but I'll let you talk about that, Ladon. And so welcome and thank you for being willing to share your story with my listeners. I know that they're going to find a ton of value because I think that we are really encouraged when we hear a parent, an everyday parent like ourselves, that has done it and that has been successful. We don't have to be a, a specialist in autism in order to be an expert in your child, because every parent is the expert of their own child. From that perspective, I would like you to tell us about some of your journey and encourage my parents. Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me. It's I'm, I was looking forward to this because I know what it's like to hear positive stories and, and stories of encouragement. It helps you along the journey because it is a journey, a journey with uh, its ebbs and flows, hills and valleys. And so I thank you so much for having me. Um, like you said, DJ is nine years old. He's on the spectrum for autism. In addition to that, he has ADHD, um, he has um, speech delays, and he also has sensory issues where feeding is an issue as well. And so there are so many things that we have worked with DJ on, and sometimes it becomes very, very overwhelming. But And we had lots of therapy. We had, you know, speech therapy and feeding therapy and um, OT and PT and all of those different things. To a, It actually got to a point where I was like, you know, while we want to support him, we can't do it all. And so I had to make the decision to prioritize some of the, the therapies and speech was one of the ones that we actually prioritized because for me and for my husband, it was, I want him to be able to communicate. I want to understand, you know, how to communicate with him. If there's something wrong, you know, how can we make sure that we are communicating? So we always kept feed or speech, one of the therapies that we made sure that we actually focused on and not only going to speech therapy, but doing it in our home. And so with DJ, his speech was delayed and he actually did a lot of um, echoing. He would mimic a lot of things that we said, but he wasn't actually like communicating back and forth. And so that's when we knew that we needed to get some type of intervention and we started the speech therapy, but we also started to really talk to him you know, mm -hmm. useful sentences early on, you know, my mother, bless her heart, she would come over and she's like, oh, he's such a sweetie and boo-boo and, you know, using all of those words. I'm like, you know, talk to him, you know, really talk to him because what we would hear is that he would mimic everything we said. And so we actually talked to DJ early on, used full sentences. And when his speech started to come around, he was saying exactly what it was that we were saying, which, you know, um, was helpful. Sometimes it wasn't because he was again, mirroring, but then I started to notice him using it when he was expressing himself. So mimicking and, and modeling for us was really big. And I think that was, um, important in his development. He's again, nine. He probably I would say he started using full sentences, maybe four or five. And when you, um, you know, look at the 
you hear the charts and you, you uh, hear what they tell you, well, he should be here and he should be here and he should be here, <laughs> you know, and, and it, it got to be, um, sometimes it was overwhelming. It was sad, but we just continued the course. And so fast forward now, he <laughs> is using full sentences. He expresses himself like the other night, the storms were rolling in and he saw the cloud darkening. He was like, mommy. I'm concerned. And I said, why are you concerned? Because the sky is getting dark. It's, I think it's going to storm, you know, and to, to see him be here at that point, honestly, I didn't know that we would get to that point. You know, he still doesn't rush home and say, mommy, I did this at school. It's a constant us asking him questions and him giving us answers. But in that, I will say, did you have a good day, a bad day or, or an okay day? I had an okay day. I said, well, what did you do? You know, so I'm really purposeful in the questions that I ask, but I really also pause and give him time to respond. That is a big deal um, that made a huge difference because I'm a talker, if you haven't already noticed. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and sometimes I made, you know, and when I talk with my husband, finish his sentences, with DJ, that is something that I had to work on with myself to ensure that I'm giving him time to think about it, to process it, to tell me what it is that's on his mind. So I am yeah, so, that, I'm so glad to hear how your speech therapist guided you and how you followed your mommy gut instincts. Because I do know you. I know you for several months now. And mm -hmm. uh, Ladon, you're in uh, mastermind with me. So we we talk regularly. And so I do know that you have this this really good intuition and you have mm -hmm. you have um just zoned into that intuition also with your with your DJ, with your nine year old. Yeah. And mm -hmm. with um with moms, when I work with moms, I often tell them to trust that intuition. Yeah. Yeah. And that intuition plus the advice you were given from your speech therapist shows me that you were using words like concerned. You know, that's not typically one of our first words that come up, but you're telling us that he mimics you. So you want to choose those full sentences. And yeah. that's really fascinating when you consider how differently language can develop in kiddos mm -hmm. on the spectrum. One of the things that we talk about is constantly input, input, input while kids are learning. Yeah. And you were right. doing that. And then when it finally does come out, it's coming mm -hmm. out blossomed, not yes. in tidbits. Yeah, right. I'd like you to talk a little bit more about that. And mm -hmm. I want you to talk about the pausing, because another thing that I talk with my parents about is uh, the pause that comes after you give a direction, the pause that comes after you give a concept of information so that the processing time happens. So right. would you just go ahead and, and talk because you are, like you say, a talker. <laughs> and I know this about you and I love this about you. And, um, but I'd like you to, to like dig into those, unpack those a little bit for, mm -hmm. for our parents that are also dealing with that kind of thing. Yeah. The, the pausing is one thing that, like I said, I had to really focus on and I have to coach, you know, family members with that as well you know, give them a moment. And so what I always say is give it a beat oh, you know, and then let him say what it is that he's going to say. Because what I have found is that when I give him too many things at one time, he almost shuts. It's as if he shuts down, you know, mm -hmm. or um, when I do ask him something, I can actually see him 
processing. You know, he kind of tilts his head to one side. He's thinking about it. Or if I say something, if I'm multitasking and I'll say, you know, like something that doesn't make sense, he'll say, mommy, you're, you're talking too fast, you know, or that uh, doesn't make sense. Yes. He's and able say, to advocate you know for himself. I love yes. that. Yes. Yes. He'll say, and I'll say, you're right. I said, I am, I am talking too fast. And what I've also found is that multitasking is something that I try not to do when I'm around him because I'm not fully present. You know, I'm not able to cue in on him. Um, but that, you know, th that's also difficult too, because I'm trying to do all of the things. And so I have to really, you know, balance that. And there are days when I don't show up like I want to with him, but I really make it a priority not to multitask when I'm talking to him, to give him my full undivided attention when I can, because it encourages him. You know, he's not a big talker. Like they told me in school, when he gets out of school, they, they basically run them bell to bell. So when he gets in the car, he doesn't necessarily want to talk. And now he's gotten to the point of mommy, I don't want to talk about it now, but I will when we get home. Because I have said to him, do you want to talk about it now or do you want to talk about it later? And, you know, I'll wait and he'll say, I'll talk about it later. And so now he gets in the car and say, says, I don't want to talk about it now. I'll talk about it later. And mm -hmm. then later, yeah, later on, he'll talk about it. So just really making sure that we give him the space. And then with the modeling. So can um, I ask a question about that? Yes. Before we mm -hmm. go on with the modeling. I'm guessing that since you have given him language for, I don't want to talk about it now. I want to talk about it later. I'm mm -hmm. guessing that that also helps with his behaviors because a meltdown yes. happens so easy for our kiddos that are on the spectrum. But when you're giving him an out, you're giving him language for the out and you're honoring mm -hmm. that. And the other thing you said is that when he says, you're talking too fast, you agree with him. You're right. Yes. I'm talking too fast. And then I'm assuming you change yourself a little bit for him. Yes. This is, yes. I'm guessing that this has been huge in managing behavior. It really has. It, it absolutely has. Because I noticed when I was, you know, I feel like I was drilling him after school, you know, in the car, you know, he, he you know, just kind of, you know, make the noises. Agitation. And, and mm -hmm. Agitation. And one of the things that we also did with, the agitation before he started, if I go back a couple of years, he would make a lot of noise, you know, just a lot of, you know, just noises. And so I would say, are you, you sad? Are you hungry? I would kind of give him words in the situation that we were in so that when he felt that way, he would use the words instead of make the noise. So he does, he's doing that less and less and less. So that has really been a game changer for us. And yes, it does help him it helps his behavior and he knows that you know later on we're going to talk about it and even for me when I get frustrated with him he had net will now say you need to take three breaths you need to breathe <laughs> you know <laughs> and so I'm like you are, you're right I do need to I do need to breathe you know and to really having that back and forth it is a constant I'm constantly having internal dialogues with myself but I see that it is making a huge difference for him. Like I'd asked him the other day, you know, which shirt do you want to wear this one or this one? You know, I don't like lay his shirts out anymore. I try to give him choices 
And he said, I don't want to wear that, that black one. I'm not a fan of that. Well, that's something that, you know, I have said to him, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of your behavior right now. And he says it back. Um, so it, it and I imagine you know, the mind, his, his words back to you are forcing you to have some self-awareness and personal growth that you may or may not have done otherwise, because when Absolutely. he's, when he's mirroring you with your own words, telling you yes. the very thing you tell him to do and you're realizing he's right. So many times as parents, we want to say, no, I'm, that's not true. But yet we, you're so amazing here. You are modeling for him. How you want him to respond to you when you correct him. So when the right. role is reversed, he is seeing you do what you hope he does. Yes. Wonderful. It's wonderful. Good job. Kudos. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard, though. It's really hard. It is hard because, you know, we grew up with you say you do what I say when I say it. Yeah. And I, it doesn't matter what I say. You know, that's just how it was when we grew up. Well, now it's like if I want him to behave a certain way, I I have to model it because he's very direct. And I'm a very direct person. And, you know, part of that is him, you know, he never, and, you know, he's not the kind of kiddo that runs up and hugs me and says, oh, mommy, I love you. You know, that, that's just not him. And I have, there are days I yearn for that still, mm -hmm. but he shows it in other ways. And I've had to understand that it's important for him to communicate. It's important for me to know when things are right, when things are wrong. Like he got in the car one day and he said, um, I am not happy. You know, he said his teacher's name. He said, she, she said I was not focused and she was upset with me and I am not happy. And I could not, I would have never guessed that he would have, you know, expressed that three, four years ago. And so I sent her a, um, a, a class dojo and I said DJ got in the car and he shared with me that he was upset and I wanted to let you know that a I was happy that he communicated that to me and b you know can you share with me some insight so we can partner and you know she shared with me that he wasn't focused he was you know really you know doing all the things and it was just a good interaction but the point I want to make is that he got in the car and he shared that with me and he was um the one that it, he prompted the conversation, not me some pulling it from him. So I love how I guess you I interacted say with the teacher too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because you went at that with, here's what my son said. And one, mm -hmm. I'm so glad he did. And mm -hmm. two, give me insights so I can partner with you. Those are beautiful yes. words that will take any threat out of the situation. You yes. know, there's a lot of ways you can approach a teacher when a child is is lashing out or frustrated mm -hmm. but that's beautiful because it really acknowledges that you know this is my child's experience but I need more information and can you right. help understand and I am your partner I love that yes thank you yeah. and I find that that approach really helps um mm -hmm. and I'm, I've been so fortunate and I'm just thankful that he has had good experiences I, you know 2021 was the first year since the pandemic that he was in school all year, you know, and so it was, and we moved to a new city, new school, new kids, new everything. And he's, it's been a really great experience, but I, I oftentimes wonder what's going on in school because he doesn't come home and say, mommy, we did this, 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 and this, you know, it's kind of me asking the question, but he's becoming more um, communicative about sharing what it is that he's doing throughout the day bits and pieces of it not all of it but 
bits and pieces of it. So. I love that. You're doing so good. Yes. And I'm also yes. so happy that you prioritize a speech therapy. Obviously, all those other things are really important too. But, mm -hmm. you know, for me, I also think <laughs> communication is like the pinnacle of what is important because yeah. it, for me too, everything falls under that. If we can communicate about those other needs, we can get help and pursue the help. But I'm really glad that you pursued that. I think, and you can contradict me if you mm -hmm. wish, but I think you'll agree that as mm -hmm. we build that communication, um, other behavior issues kind of just but they evaporate because yeah. we, we don't need to act out. We are able to communicate more. Can you talk more mm -hmm. about how it is that you have been able to build that communication in such a way that behaviors melt away? And this is something that will pertain to kids with or parents with regular education, kids, mm -hmm. uh, dual language learners, other children's speech delays, and of course, autism spectrum. But when we build the ability to communicate about our thoughts, our wishes, our feelings, our needs into mm -hmm. our children, then it, it takes away the need for their bodies to yell out their needs. Mm -hmm. so, that is, it is, yeah, I would absolutely agree because I, as I was sharing earlier, he was making a lot of sounds and noises and he was really trying to express himself, but he didn't have the words. And I'd, and oftentimes we would give him because we knew what it was that he wanted mm -hmm. um, instead of having him use the words. And so now, you know, for a while it was use your words and I would give him like three options. Are you this? Are you that? Or are you that? And then he would choose one. And then I would say, you have to use your words. You have to, you have to use your words. And it, I felt like sometimes I was a broken record, but he caught on he started to use the words and so with the scripting and then when he saw that he got a response a better response from me or he got it it is he got what he needed he was more apt to use those words and so we we just we were consistent with it and one of the things when you talked about um making a choice you know it was hard for me my son wasn't fully toileted until what is this this is may December of January of this year. And I, um, you know, my mother was making a big stink about it. Everybody was like, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people were, he should be, he should be. And he was in pull-ups and it was just really, really hard. So what we did is, and I think it was August or September of last year, I said, December is going to be the last time that you were a pull-up. And each month I would say, you know, we're going to start, you, you're going to use the, the toilet, you're going to go, and this is what we're going to do. And so in December, and he's very time oriented, you know, he's focused on the time, he's focused on how long, how long things take. And so with that, I was like, you know, in December, so in August, I said in December, and then in September, I said, remember in December, and then October, he was like, I know in December, it's the last time I'm going to use pull-ups. And so we kept talking about it. Each day I would show him something a little different, or maybe once a week I would show him something different. And when December came, he was on using, you know, he was using the toilet. And while it wasn't 100%, he knew that when December came, that's what it was that we were going to do because we talked about it. You know, we showed him, you know, what we were going to do and how it was going to be different. And 
I didn't think I was ever going to get over that hurdle. I didn't think, and we, he's a hundred percent. We don't use pull-ups. It was, it was such a monumental thing for me because that is huge. You know, that is a huge thing for someone of that age. It's just in general. And there, I've heard stories about people on the spectrum who may never get to that point. And I just, I had to figure it out. We had to figure out how to do it best. And I believe that communicating to him really helped, you know, being consistent with it and talking about it and helping him to really understand and explain it. So yeah, that was a, a, go ahead. Kiddos on the spectrum are often really resistant to change. And so mm -hmm. I love how it is that you, you took the change that you are going to embed into their life. And mm -hmm. you said, DJ, here's what you're going to do in this length of time. And you took also, you know, you said he's time oriented. So oftentimes mm -hmm. when kiddos are on the spectrum, they have a, a real hyper focus into something. Sounds like yes. DJ has a hyper focus into time. And so yes. you used the thing that he has this focus into and mm -hmm. you use that to help him make the progression into what it is that you ultimately wanted him to do. Right. And I love right. that you, so you used his strength to mm -hmm. slowly move him through the change. So he didn't have any startle. He didn't have a surprise. Right. He was able to build expectation. He understood what was needed of him and you mm -hmm. did it in the time that it took him. So that's beautiful parenting too. You used a term that many of my listeners may or may not know, and that is scripting. Now I know that oh. scripting is really important and really helpful. Can you mm -hmm. go into explaining scripting and how you did it? Um, so I, I learned that from one of our speech therapists and it was really using the words and the language and even sometimes the emotion of what it is that we want them to say. So, um, instead of again, him, you know, making the noises, I would say, are you upset or are you anxious or are you angry? Or so he would say, I'm upset or now he's, I would say, well, when you, when you're upset or something doesn't go your way, you have to say, mommy, I'm upset or mommy, I'm frustrated. And so that is how we use that. Even using the bathroom now, he'll say, mommy, my stomach is bothering me. I need to go to the bathroom. You know, I wanted him to be able to understand when your stomach hurts, that's your body telling you that you need to go to the bathroom. And so he will even say, my stomach is talking to me. I have to go, you know, so really scripting everything out and doing it in a way that makes sense for him and mm -hmm. tying those things together. So sometimes I, I felt like I wanted to take it down, but I also wanted to make it so that he can use those sentences, those phrases anytime, even when he's in school. So really, um, saying what it is that we're going to do. You know, I would say we're going to get up and go to school and, you know, you're going to play with the iPad for 15 minutes and then you're going to, you know, brush your teeth and put your clothes on. I would actually script out everything that we, we were going to do for that day. And now it's just a part of what he does. It's ingrained in him. It's part of his um, day to day. And so I don't do it as much, but when new things come about, I do have to, you know, okay, now how, how do I say this, you know, or what is it, you know, that I need to tell him, you know, and how can I make sure that it makes sense for him and that it's something that we can be consistent with. So that's my version of scripting. 
That's great. I think that that was a very understandable explanation for parents that are also considering how it is that they can communicate with their kid. And you, mm -hmm. the way I would say it is you got behind his eyes and tried to look mm -hmm. at the world, how he sees it. But you mm -hmm. also took in the language you actually want him to use. And yes. then from his perspective, you were teaching all of that language to him, getting yeah. behind his eyes. Right. So you're working right. with the way his brain understands. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that is so true. I the words that I want him to say, you know. Right. Not really like important. Potty and things like that. Because if he's mimicking, if he's mirroring you on his language when he is 19, you don't want him to be saying potty. So Absolutely. you start using the words with him right now that you want him to use because he's going to have a resistance to change. So give yes. him the language right up front that can be used anywhere appropriately. Yes. But right. stepping stones into that language through your scripting. Right. Beautiful right. work, Ladon. Beautiful work. <laughs> As a speech therapist, I would be like, oh man, I want this woman to be my client because she's a good listener. She's got this down. <laughs> Thank so you. I, I'm yeah. definitely trying. It's been a journey for sure. <laughs> of course it has. It's been it's been a long journey. But I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really proud of you. And thank you for yeah. being willing to share all of this. You are welcome. You are so, welcome. And I will tell you the one thing when he says things back to us that are appropriate uh, that are appropriate it brings me so much joy like i am so happy when he you know uses words and he you know one day i was sitting at the counter and he was like mommy what are you thinking about you know your eyebrows are really close together what are you thinking about i was like oh dj i said i'm thinking about a lot of things you know but he he's noticing that mm -hmm. yes and he used that phrase because i use it with him yeah. You said earlier that, you know, you kind of yearn for that, um, mommy, I love you, you know, a response someday. And mm -hmm. what you just told me reminds me of like, that's his version of mommy. I love you because he's looking at you. He's noticing mm -hmm. he's caring and he's asking, you know, like in right. his own way. Right. With that in mind, how would you address building connection? Um, you know, it, it's it's funny that you say that because I, I'm I'm looking for a, a the typical connection, if you will. But I, for me, it's just really staying in tune with him. You know, and I try to do eye to eye contact with him. Like I make sure that I'm looking in his eyes when I talk to him a lot. I try. I won't say I do it a lot. I try to be intentional about looking at him when I'm talking to him and really sitting next to him and at least spending 15 or 20 minutes just sitting right next to him, you know, and um, what I do, there's some things that I learned as far as like holding his hand and applying pressure just to get him to, you know, settle down a bit. But for me, it's just really having those quiet moments when, when I'm not running around the house, when he's not running around the house and just talking to him, you know, or reading to him. Because he may not necessarily want to talk, if you will, but he do, it does like to be read to. So just sitting really close to him and like we did in NICU, skin to skin, you know, I'll make sure my arms are next to him or I'll make sure he's, you know, close to my heart, that type of thing. But that's the kind of connection that he seems to respond to. Um, the verbal connection, he may get there someday, but it's just that never back and forth. I mean, he does, you know, share and 
in bits and pieces what he's feeling, but there's never that back and forth conversation. But when we're close to each other, I feel like that that's when we connect the most, if that makes sense. That's that's my way. It absolutely makes sense. You're connecting with him in the way he feels it. And you can see that he is connected because Mm -hmm. of for example, that response, your, your eyebrows are furrowed. What are you thinking? You know, like he's noticing you and Mm -hmm. he's also trusting that when he says to you, I don't want to talk now, I'll talk later. You know, like the different things that he says, even when he confronts you for take a breath, take three breaths, whatever, you know, those are, that's really a trust thing. Yeah. Like, and that shows that he has built connection in his own way. And I'm glad that you are able to, to feel the connectedness with him based on Mm -hmm. his um, watching his cup get full. And he does this one thing too, where he kind of like puts his cheek with me, goes cheek to cheek or really. And I, I know I've noticed that other kids on the spectrum kind of do that as well. And it almost looks like he's kissing me, but he's just like really, really close. And I do that. I, whenever he does it, I don't care where we are. I think it makes him feel safe. I just let him do it, you know? And so that's how I connect with him. Yeah. You also mentioned eye contact. A lot of kiddos on the spectrum struggle with that tremendously. How would you, has he never struggled with that or? He did initially. He did initially, but it seemed that he just started to um, do it on his own. He doesn't do it a lot, but I do kind of do this with him. I'll take my, you know, two fingers kind of like in a peace symbol and I'll point to my eyes and I'll point to his eyes and that gets his attention and then he does look. He never will give you that strong eye to eye, but um, initially he shied away and now he will look at you. And if I'll say, you know, if I see you and I'll say, you know, say hi to Mistina, you know, and then, you know, you know, look at her and he'll look and he'll wave and then he'll kind of, I don't force it, but I encourage it. Sure. Um, but for he, he and I, I really try to get him to do that. And he's doing it more and more. So, which is, that's progress. Like that's Absolutely. huge progress. Yeah. We yeah. look at progress, not perfection. <laughs> it's Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Oh, yes. You have done so many things right. And so many things good. And I know that this journey, you know, cause we've talked, this journey has mm-hmm. not been easy. You've Mm-mm. got some really hard days and, yes. but I am so thankful that you decided to take the time to share with my listeners how you have accomplished some of the successes and I, I know that they didn't come without tears. <laughs> I, I want to you know make that really clear because sometimes yeah. people are talking like when you're talking today, it sounds like, oh man, this woman's got it and she's, she's <laughs> done it all. But I, I do know from our other conversations that it's messy to get to this point, yeah, but because you stayed is. in the messy, you're at this point. So absolutely good for you. Kudos Thank to you. you. Is there anything else you wanted to tell the listeners? I would just say just that it is messy. There are high highs and low lows, but really try to step back and celebrate the accomplishments, the wins, um, the things that you see them do really step back and celebrate. Like it is so important because when you think about where you were and where you you've gone and where you are, it you've done a lot. So just really celebrate those, celebrate the milestones. Very good. And little, little milestones, the stepping yes. stones and the milestones. Yes. The, the, the stepping stones that I say, the like the hills, the valleys and the mountains, celebrate them all because yeah. 
they're important and let them know that they're doing good. You know, it's just, it's important. So I, I celebrate with DJ Ob. You did such a good job. That is such a good thing that you did or it just making sure that you celebrate as a parent and then you celebrate them and give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. Now, um, you also have your own podcast, Healthy Habits 180. Would you like yeah. to tell the audience about that? Yes, I have a podcast. Again, it's called Healthy Habits 180. It's for women over 40 who are in the midst of or at the beginning of their health and wellness journey. So I have episodes each week that focus on health, nutrition, and mindset, and really focusing on habits. Um, we have a, we're so busy day to day, and oftentimes our health is one of the last things that we think about. And so I like to take the approach of thinking about it from a habit standpoint and not, I have to lose the weight or I have to eat all of these things, but did I drink, you know, eight glasses of water a day? No, well, let me drink four. Okay. And let me drink six. Did I have any vegetables today? Okay. Well, I will have vegetables tomorrow. So just really thinking about it from a habit perspective and not from a, I have to do all of these things in order to be healthy. So that is my podcast. And I also have a special place in my heart for women who have a, a special needs children and how they can really um, prioritize their health while prioritizing the needs of their little ones. So that is my, my podcast. And if you're interested, please drop by. I love it. And I will leave a link to that in my show notes, because of course, we know that we all need to take care of our health, our physical health is and our mindset. It is huge. Mm. And uh, developing the habits are ways to do that. Absolutely. So thank you again for being with me today. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. Bye-bye. Wasn't that amazing? LaDawn is a wealth of information, and she has done such a good job in a very hard situation. If you want to get a hold of her, her contact information is in my show notes. And if you would like coaching sessions for yourself. Remember, this is our 50th celebration, so we have our 50th celebration special uh, at the Language of Play, which is one-hour power coaching sessions for only $50. Contact me with the number 50 in an email to hello at thelanguageofplay.com. Remember, moms and dads, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in ways their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com. At